My reason to sing is God gave me a gift and I want to use it for him. Uh, because I used to sing at one of our friends' churches and because I know those songs and I like singing a lot. The reason I sing is just to worship the Lord. It's just so heartwarming to just hear other people worship Him with me. I have a literal reason to sing. I lead the three, four, and five-year-olds in worship at the 1045 service on Sunday mornings because the reason I sing is to tell them that Jesus loves them. I have a lot to sing for because of my health. I've had two strokes, two heart attacks, open heart surgery, been in two car accidents, and um, I'm grateful that God has restored my health. The reason we can sing and sing from the heart is for, from God's personal attention to us. His personal blessings, he shows up in incredible personal ways. I'm very thankful for uh, Abba, Father, for uh, my Lord Jesus, uh, having brought us here to Berean Church and be given the opportunity to serve in ministry almost immediately after we got here and being so, uh, having been so welcomed and embraced by the church. Um, so this is the first Christmas without my mom. She passed away unexpectedly earlier this year, but I know exactly where she is and she's not in any pain. She's having the best day ever. This year is a blue Christmas for me. Um, struggling with some personal things. And this morning, the song that was in my head is God is in this story by Katie Nicole and Big Daddy Weave. And it couldn't have been more timely because I know that God places those songs in my brain. And uh, it's, it's a great gift from him and it gives me a reason to sing. Okay, my reason to sing is that I'm grateful for God's faithfulness. He's provided me a job at UNL. I've been waiting for almost five years. I've been a student and finally he answered my prayers. And my song in my heart is that I give my life to the Lord, uh, trusting that he will make something beautiful out of me. When we gather as the people of God, we are in fact in the garden. We are surrounded by magnificent, beautiful people, no different than being in a majestic forest of trees and flowers, each proclaiming the glory of the Father who made us.
Well, it is a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing to gather together, to lift up our voices in adoration of the one who is worthy. What a joy that is. You can go ahead and have a seat. I have a few announcements for us here this afternoon. My name is Ryan Harmon, and just on behalf of the entire team here at Lincoln Brian, just wanted to take a second and say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and if you happen to be visiting with us here this afternoon, we did want to just acknowledge that and, and offer a special welcome. We are so honored, so honored that you chose to, jo to join us and chose to worship with us here this afternoon on this Christmas Eve. We are a church that gathers together. We come together to know Jesus, to become more like him, and to help others do the same. That is what we are all about as a church. 
And if you are a person that, that maybe you are looking for a home church and you feel like maybe there's something prompting you to, to pursue whether or not this would be your home church, we would love to get to know you. We'd encourage you after the service to stop by one of the information centers. You can learn a little bit more about who we are, ways you can get connected. I know they'll point you in January, if you join us again in January 15th, to what we call our Belong Gathering. It's a chance to get to know us a little more personally and find ways to get connected. Now, every week when we gather, we talk about how we worship in song. And another way that we express our worship is through giving. Of course, giving is just a, an act of dependence. It's us saying to God, we, everything we have is because of you. And we have nothing without you, and we are completely reliant upon you. And so we offer it up gratefully. But if you are visiting with us here this afternoon, just want to encourage you, don't feel any pressure to give. But for those of us that call Lincoln Berean our church home, just want to ask you to consider how God might have you participate in the offerings that, that uh, God is using here to advance his mission in Lincoln and around the world. So will you join me as we lift all of this up to our God and Father this afternoon. Our Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful that so long ago you sent your son into the world for us. Out of love you did that, not to condemn the world, but that we might be saved through him. And so we praise your name, we bless your name. Jesus, we give you glory and honor. We adore you. Lord, as we continue our worship here this afternoon, we ask that it would be satisfying to your ears, that it would be pleasing to you. We are completely dependent upon you, and we give you all the praise on this day and every day. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, kids. I am going to read the story of Jesus, the Christmas story, from your kid's Bible. So, are you guys ready? Yeah? Awesome. So I'm going to open to Luke chapter 1 and 2. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. It would have been a party. But instead, the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared in her room. <gasps> it was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When Mary saw the tall, shining man standing there, she felt frightened. Show me your best frightened face. Oh yeah, good job. Adults, you can do it too. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if he was maybe talking to someone else. Nope. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed 
with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with tears. Mary, you are going to have a baby, a little boy. He, you will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He is the one, he is the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all chose to make himself small and come down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? If you have a baby at home, you know the things they're good at is eating, sleeping, and crying. They're not going to save the world, right? Mary said, but it's too wonderful. And she felt her heart beating fast. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. And Mar- but now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, every room was full. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would be born. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, smelly stable. So they stayed with the cows and the donkeys and the horses. And there, in that stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of night, God gave the world his most wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm, They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's trough for his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's good gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus, that's right. Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, now he had. Join us in singing.
You can have a seat. What does it take to make someone sing? You ever thought about that? I'm not talking about like you're in the same room and somebody strikes up happy birthday and you feel obligated to join in. I'm talking about that soul desire, something deep within you that is bubbling up that you can't hold in, that you just long to sing about. Maybe you're like me and you're not that inclined in music. You're not that naturally gifted. In fact, when I was in elementary, our class was tasked with, with learning the recorder. Remember those plastic instruments? Anybody else in the room have uh, that task? Yeah, bless those music teachers. I tell you what, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just was not able to get how to read music and never quite figure out how to put my fingers in the right place with the instrument and just honestly had no clue. That would have been fine, except at the end of that semester, our teacher had given us a song, a sheet music, that we were supposed to play to her. I remember getting to the end and sitting down in front of her, and I thought, oh, oh boy, I had no clue how to play that song. But I just took a big breath and started playing whatever I could figure out in that moment and just went at it. And between squeaks and weird notes and other random sounds, got through the end of what I felt like was something good and stopped. And she sat there for a few moments with her head down and looked up at me and said, Josh, that was awesome. Or she might have said awful. They both kind of sound the same. I think it was the latter. Some people just don't appreciate fine art. But it didn't stop me much because I rolled on a few years later and got into middle school choir. Now, there's nothing like a guy that's naturally already not inclined musically, and puberty. So my voice was the mix of like an old squeaky car door and stepping on the tail of a cat. That's kind of the sound that was produced. And so I remember singing and just belting it out in choir, and I kept getting this look. You know the look I'm talking about? Like, if you've ever watched American Idol, sometimes the judges give that look during the auditions. That, w- that, that look that kind of says, can the person that's singing not hear themselves singing? Why are they singing? After the class, my uh, choir director pulled me aside and she said, Josh, you've got a special voice. I just need you to sing a little quieter. But all I heard was, Josh, you've got a special voice, which fueled it all the more for me to just belt it out. And that's continued to this day. I'm sorry if you're ever around me in church, tone deaf, can't carry a tune, but I'm going to belt it out. Maybe that's you, maybe not. Maybe your idea of spreading Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I don't know what it is, but I'm not talking about volume. What I'm asking is the reason why you would sing. What is it that causes somebody to sing? Because all of us are looking for something, aren't we? We've written songs about so many different things, and we have a desire to sing about something that matters, to find that thing that our soul's always been looking for and sing about it. There was a song that was sung a couple thousand years ago on a hillside. There were shepherds that were actually there camping out, watching their sheep. I'd like to share a little bit of that with you tonight. It's from Luke chapter 2. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, if you think of it back in this day, 
Shepherds were not the elite of society. In fact, they were often the ones that were looked down on, forgotten, considered unclean. And yet, it's to these people that this messenger shows up. Nobody, when they were young, said, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. It just didn't happen. Remember when Israel was looking for a king? They're going through all of Jesse's sons, and they got the end. They're like, is that it? Remember who was left out, who was forgotten, who they didn't even bother to go get? Oh, oh yeah, there's David, <laughs> but he's just a shepherd. But it's to this ragtag group that God sends messengers with a message that will change the world. Listen to what they said. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Don't be afraid. Now, I don't blame them. If I were in the middle of the night camping out and there was a raccoon outside my tent, I'd get freaked out. Let alone an angelic beam that shows up with the blaze of all of his glory. He said, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Did you catch that? Good news. Not for some. Not just for the elite. Not for those that have it all together. For everyone. For you. For me. For the shepherds. Good news for all of us. A Savior has been born. Not the way we would expect it. Not in a palace. Not with a parade in front of them. Not with all the bells and the whistles. In fact, something totally different. Humbly came in the form of a baby. That's strange. To unassuming parents. It's not what I expected. And is now resting in the feed trough of an animal. It's not the picture I would have painted. But he came. Verse 13 says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Why would God come into the mess of this world? You know why? Because he loves you. He longs to have a relationship with you. He is relentlessly pursuing you. Because the holy God of the universe looked and saw us in our brokenness and in our sin and wanted to rescue us and sent his most prized gift, his son, Jesus Christ, to live a life, the life that you and I couldn't live, a perfect life here on earth, and die a death in our place, the death that we should die. Why? So that we could be reconciled, so that we could be restored into a relationship with him because he rose from the dead and had victory over the grave. This verse tells us that peace is offered. Not like peace like the life's going to be perfect and there's no more illness and no more sickness and no more tragedies or trials or struggles. Not that. Peace in the fact that you and I were enemies with God because of our selfishness because of our sin, but God was not content to leave it that way. His son died on a cross to reconcile the relationship for us. Verse 15 goes on to say, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they herded off 
And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Twice now we've seen this word, praising God. The angel choir struck up in the song of glory to God because of the peace he's provided, a soul song that's been longed for through the ages. And now the shepherds, they hear the news, but they don't stop there. They go to meet Jesus, and as they return, they strike up a song and they tell others. There's a lot of things that we could sing about in life, isn't there? There's a lot of things we can give our life to. There's a lot of different things that we can choose to give value to and exalt. But there is only one thing in the world that will ever satisfy the void and desire in our soul, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the whole hope of Christmas. And he's come and he's given his life as a gift so that you and I could have a relationship with him. So I gotta ask you a question. You, like those shepherds, have now heard good news. But don't just leave it there. Don't take my word for it. Go and meet Jesus yourself. Choose to let go of control of your life and realize the gift that he's given you through his son. It's simple. It's choosing to realize and say, God, I, I understand that I'm a sinner. I realize that you are the Savior, and I choose to put my faith and trust in you and you alone. Tonight, right now, this Christmas could change the rest of your life. If you've not chosen to give your life to Christ, I invite you right now in the seat where you're sitting to say, Jesus, I know I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know that you are the Savior. And I choose to follow you. And if that's you, like those shepherds, don't leave it there. Before you leave this place tonight, tell somebody else about that. Because that, friends, is the message that puts a song in our soul to sing both now and forevermore. That is the reason we sing. Jesus, thank you so much that in your grace, you do not leave us in the state we're at, but you offer life to us, full life, abundant life, peace, joy, hope, all that we long for is found in you. God, thank you for the gift of your son on the cross. Thank you that you will be with us through this world no matter the circumstances. God, thank you for Christmas, the reminder of the gift that we have in your son. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I grew up in a family where we went to church regularly and did all the church activities. So I knew about God. Um, I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Um, that came later in life. Um, God put some special people in my life uh, that 
there was something about them that I admired and I wanted. That was Jesus. Last December 3rd, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, which is an aggressive blood cancer. Um, the odds aren't good, um, and everything changed that day. My house was partially decorated for Christmas. I had my Christmas tree up, some shopping done, um, big plans for baking and celebrating and my doctor said it was a Friday when I found out and he he said if it weren't the weekend and the hospital beds weren't full I would admit you right now but go home have the weekend and Monday you're being admitted for over a month so I had two days to tell family, to find a wig, to get ready. <laughs> I also remember the day my oncologist told us that chemo was just gonna buy me time and if I wanted to live, I needed to have a stem cell transplant, which was risky. And suddenly life became really precious and I didn't want to die. My husband, James, and I knew we needed to give it to God that we couldn't do it on our own. So we surrendered it all to Jesus. One of the verses that I um, focused on a lot was Isaiah 41.10, and it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. Sometimes in my hospital bed at night, I would just talk to God and I knew he was there. I could feel him. And I would imagine myself holding Jesus's hand and looking into his eyes while he pulled me through the dark times. And he would say, just hold on to me. And then things weren't so scary when I focused on that. My stem cell transplant went as planned. Um, recovery was really tough. Um, but I am currently in remission and about eight months post-transplant. I still have challenges and restrictions, but God has really been good to me.
I didn't want to die. I don't want to die. But yet, I know when that day comes, I'm not fearful of dying because I know where I'm going. I look forward to Christmas so much, to decorating like crazy, to celebrating Jesus' birth. God is right there if you call on him and put your complete faith in him, trust him, surrender and let him write your story. He will come alongside you wherever you are and lead you and never leave you. He is so faithful. So good, so good. 
For the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid For the victory you won over death and the grave This is the reason I sing For the hope that you give and the joy that you bring For the promise that heaven is waiting for me This is the reason I sing your story is today we have a God that knows us and he loves us so much he is Emmanuel God with us so we can trust him I invite you to stand if you are able and let's sing this truth out together
We have a reason to sing, amen. We have a Savior. We have a God who makes good on His promises. And He has promised to return. He has promised to finish His redemption work. So we wait in anticipation. We wait with hope. We wait actively for that day. We cling to Him and we sing. We sing joy to the world because our Savior has come and our Savior is going to return. So let's continue singing, church. Let's celebrate who He is and all that He has done.
So now, friends, as we go, may we go with joy-filled hearts, brought about by his very spirit, grounded in the amazing knowledge that God sent his unique son for you, for me, because he loves us. He's the one who came. He's the one who died. He's the one who rose. He's the one who reigns. He is the reason we sing. Amen. It's a joy to celebrate with you. Merry Christmas.